Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you, as well as our fearless producer, Ryan Redhawk McPherson. How are you doing over there, buddy? I am doing great. Excited about this show. This is going to be a fantastic segment. We also have with us from the underwriter for this show, our good friends over at Trading Pros, we have David Edelman. How are you, buddy? Doing good, Stone. Thanks. How are you? You're looking very snappy. The sport <laughs> coat and everything, it kind of took me back a little bit when you walked in the, in the studio. What's been going on with you since we saw you last? <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, just keeping busy. we got a lot of things going on with uh, both with ATD and uh, Training Pros coming up. Um, we're starting planning for our Employee Learning Week, which is the 5th through the 9th of December. We're going to have a governor, governor's proclamation um, photo shoot with the governor, and uh, we'll be uh, reaching out to companies to kind of tell them more about that uh, towards the end of the month. And we'll, we're working right now to get a, a page on the website up for uh, at ATD. And we've got, uh, we're starting planning for our executive roundtable in December. And then we also have uh, ICE coming up in May uh, is going to be here in Atlanta next year. And you guys are going to be uh, there with us. We're going to be on site doing our thing, huh? Yeah. And you're, you're prepared to, to serve plenty of coffee, right? Because that, that, those are some <laughs> long a, days. We work you? for coffee. That is the rules. <laughs> those are you guys put in some marathon days. <laughs> but they're those. a lot of fun because we get a chance to, to interview uh, clients, uh, training pros clients from all over the country, not just Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We often will have some luminaries and some of the keynoters at the, at the conference there. And uh, a lot of times we get a chance to visit with the relationship managers there mm -hmm. on the training pro staff. So it's always a fun time. But we, we really do earn our keep those two That's or three right. days, I don't think we? 20, 30 <laughs> interviews in a day has been done. Well, we're looking forward to it. And I think even between now and then, we're going to uh, hit some of your key markets mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, take the show on the road, like in Chicago and, and some other markets. So we got a lot of neat stuff we're doing together. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Uh, and David's always good about organizing. Uh, an opportunity for us to visit with bright, passionate folks from the learning and development field. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Senior Manager, Learning and Development with Verizon Telematics, Mr. Tim Kinsey. How are you, man? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Now, can you share a little bit about telematics? I've never even heard that word before. Well, honestly, uh, before I posted for this particular role, I wasn't super familiar. So um, that wasn't important in the, as a qualification no, for the, the role? The, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we felt like uh, any, any product-related uh, training could be taught <laughs> was... on the job. But telematics is pretty much um, in-product uh, technology to get you where you're going. Mm -hmm. So the, um, if you've heard of this space, Internet of Things. Yeah. So nowadays there is... There are refrigerators that have Wi-Fi built in. Right, like my thermostat has Wi-Fi. Right. So um, telematics, as it relates to Verizon, has in-vehicle technology to keep uh, the fleet managers. If someone has a business that owns a fleet mm -hmm. of vehicles, it, it keeps that fleet manager aware of where their drivers are, where their uh, drivers are, how their drivers are using their vehicles, uh, routes, hard braking, speed, that type of thing. We also have some after aftermarket uh, equipment that we have introduced in several brands of, of vehicles called our uh, hum device. Um, so retailers can, uh, or Verizon retailers sell the hum device for individuals. That's for a consumer 
exactly. So like I, if I'm lost, I can go, Hey, where's the, right. You can press a button Starbucks. for service. Uh, nice. Well, yeah. You can do that for the nearest Starbucks, <laughs> uh, press for help. Uh, also or, get or like an emergency. I got a flat tire and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's fantastic. Also we have relationships with Mercedes and Volkswagen. So some of the newer vehicles from 200, 2016 and up come with, uh, their own personalized device that's actually Verizon based so that they can with one click get uh, connected to a uh, representative who can help them like a human with being directions yes no. <laughs> an actual human being not really because that's because there's some things now on your phone that you get help but it's like some automated thing that they can't understand you right it's an actual human <laughs> being uh sitting in one of our call centers around the country and they can do anything from provide directions, uh, send out uh, support, um, help transition you to an, an area if you've gotten lost, or help you with any sort of troubleshooting that you're having with the device. So what exactly does a senior manager in your role do? Well, uh, it's a lot of herding cats, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as a lot of senior manager roles are. So but... it's a pet-friendly environment? That's <laughs> what you're saying? I wish, you know, my, my cat would be pretty happy in the, the environment. Now, in my particular role, I'm responsible for the design of training for specifically the telematics organization at Verizon. And we're a part of the, the bigger Verizon company, but almost we're like a company within a company mm -hmm. in that we are focused specifically on the network fleet aftermarket and um, the OEM space. Uh, products and uh, those customers and our, our vendors. So my team creates the training, designs the training for our vendor call centers, our internal call centers, and our internal Verizon telematics employees. But so, training design, that, that has had to have gone through some tremendous changes over the last few years, and certainly the last five to 10. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been in this particular industry for almost 20 years. And uh, when I first entered the space, it was pretty much death by PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> you know, scores and scores of pages of PowerPoint, maybe a graphic here and there to break up some of the words. But um, well, what's your personal best of uh, how many words on a slide? Uh, not, I wouldn't say so much words, but five lines is my limit. That's the rule? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the rule. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. that's inevitable, but mm -hmm. it depends on the venue for which you're training. So um, some of our trainers do a lot of uh, new employee onboarding, where they have to relay a lot of information. Yeah. Um, but my key um, takeaway for them that I try to instill is, you know, try to make sure you make those words real, that they understand exactly what that means, and that you're not just reading off the slide, or you're not forcing them to read off the slide. Um, too many learning professionals use PowerPoint as sort of an encyclopedia, that's just a visual behind the trainer, and right. it causes the learners to read as opposed to listen and perform. How do you um, uh, um, deal with clarity of message to make sure that you're communicating the message in an effective way? Well, we have a pretty significant review process when we create any piece of training. So it goes through our stakeholder review. Uh, it goes through our subject matter expert review. It goes through me. It goes through our legal team. Uh, anything that we produce training-wise goes through our legal entities to review to make sure the information is, information is correct, accurate, and uh, puts the company in a good light since some of this goes to our third-party vendors. Um, and then we review to make sure that um, from the subject matter experts and frontline that it makes sense. Um, so really the subject matter experts are, are telling us 
is this true to the real world? Are they making sure that anybody in their particular role could t- take this information and do whatever it is we're training them to do? But how do you know it's sunk in? Well, we measure on the back end. We look at not only at the performance of the individuals who have taken the training. We do uh, what's typically a level one or just an audience reaction to the training. How do they feel about it? But then we have a very uh, significant QA presence for all of our call centers. And so we rely a lot on the information from our QA team who have listened to calls from the call centers and can, um, whether or not they've used the information that they've uh, learned in training and if they're employing it correctly and if they're using their systems wisely. We also have a pretty significant train the trainer program. So anyone that from a vendor side or anyone that we have at Verizon, uh, we've certified that they are an, a knowledge expert on their particular um, product before they go out and train it so that we know that they're a credible source, they're a trusted advisor, and we feel good about them standing in front of a group of people representing Verizon Telematics. Well, there are so many skill sets that your people must uh, have to be so so good at, and, and not the least of which is you mentioned subject matter experts, but sometimes harvesting the information from a subject matter expert who may very well have just done it really well, you know, by ear almost for so many years. That's a skill set to be able to sit down and, and, and get that information out of them and then translate it into a way that it's repeatable and, and transferable, I would think. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's um, in different training organizations, there, there are two types of professionals. There are those that kind of grew up within the company. So they were an, a knowledge expert on a particular product or uh, a particular division of the company. And then they had a, a really good sense of training, had a good voice or had a good audience presence, or they weren't afraid of um, standing in front of people and kind of took to the training uh, field as a, as a way to share that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you have those types of individuals that are kind of homegrown experts who know the product or are in touch with it, and it's kind of embedded. Um, but then there are people who, uh, from a discipline, decide to study instructional design or study training as, as part of their, um, their learning and, and take it in terms of a professional um, designation. And the I would say either one of them are, are, depending on who you have in the job, either one of them can be very successful, uh, depending on their ability to ask questions. Uh, someone who's grown up in the organization, because it is so familiar, a lot of times they don't ask the questions because they know the answers. Right. And so they don't, they can sometimes forget the, the impact on the end user that doesn't have the same head knowledge. Right. Like do. Ted Williams trying to teach you how to hit a baseball, right? Right. <laughs> it might be, you just, you might just swing the bat. Spots. What's right. the problem? You see the ball, hit the ball. <laughs> right. Here it comes, hit it. So uh, how do you decide what to train on? Is that coming down from senior level leadership or are you guys kind of in the, in the basement crafting some stuff and then taking it up the chain and seeing what'll fly or a little bit of both? Oh, it's all in a black box. You know, it, it just <laughs> happens all in secret. No, the, um, for, for where we're at right now, most of the, the training that we're developing now is in relation to new releases of products that we have or new products. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of training that our employees need to know about with the functionality, with the ability to how to service a customer who's calling about this particular product or this particular release. 
on a product so that we're working very closely with our leadership team and our product teams to make sure that the training is, is adequate. We also have a portion of our team dedicated to leadership training. So looking at trends of what our leaders need and managers need just with pure leadership and um, strengths-based skills that will help them be an effective leader, regardless of the type of, of person that they happen to be managing at the time. Uh, what I would like for us to get to um, in the future, because we have been so focused on on training new products and you know making the donuts, so to speak, of getting ready for the next release, is to be proactive in uh, making sure we're we're looking out at the future of what's coming for a particular line of business to see what are the needs, uh, not just from a product or or system standpoint, but from a a knowledge standpoint of how they can position themselves to either be a subject matter expert on that or how they can improve their skills in just how they're doing their job so that they can be promotable um, from beyond the role that they're in. So more of an, a, an employee equipping standpoint to help them be better at their jobs, but also give them the skills they need to grow in their strengths so that they can move on and have a career with us because we don't want to to lose them to right, another to part turnover. of the industry. Train them on your nickel and then <laughs> have them go somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> now, how much of a priority is training uh, to senior leadership? At, at Telematics, it's very important. Um, because of the, the amount of, of training or, or the number of releases that we do and the amount of change, uh, it's Right, because this industry is changing like minute by minute almost. It Absolutely. Seems. It's, it's growing. Our, our division alone is is growing because this is brand like 10 years ago there wasn't telematics was there a verizon it was very not at verizon um we got into the telematics business by purchasing hughes telematics mm -hmm. uh, so it significantly w widened verizon's footprint and another area from beyond just cell phones and cell plans right. so it's relatively within the last 10 years it's it's a new space uh, cars come with more and more uh tools and toys right and the consumer is now expecting it right right they don't they don't make the distinguishing factor between you know if my if my refrigerator can give me wi-fi why can't, <laughs> why can't my, my car, car? <laughs> right. right it's so, almost like you're missing out if your car doesn't have it right so we try to stay ahead and make sure that the um the amount of uh training that goes into uh in each individual product um is significant enough to where we leave room for the learner to expand on that going forward. Because each of our releases, each of our products come with a an opportunity for it to change and get better in the future. We have very much have a space and an attitude of continuous improvement that one release of a particular product may introduce several enhancements, but there is a release that may be coming in a month or so that's going to broaden that even further right. to make it more attractive to the customer. Now, from a training standpoint, it sounds like they're, you want their training department to be less of an order taker and more of a consultant. That Absolutely. It sounds like that, but that's a little different uh, approach, isn't it? It is. Um, in a lot of companies, and specifically the ones I've worked for, uh, I've seen both. I, I've seen uh, the attitude towards the training department is the last stop. Right, just here, uh, do this. You know, we've created this product. It runs quick, create create training for it. Right. It, it launches in a week. And so <laughs> the business leader might, you know, put in an order right. for, for what they need. And then just the training department happen. scrambles. Shut up and make it happen. Right. right. 
Uh, we don't care that you don't need what you, you want. You, you know, you, you have a limited amount of time, just get it done. Um, and that's when if leaders don't see the value of the training organization and they see them as order takers or it's just this is a place where I go to place my order for my training order for training. Then I drive around <laughs> to the like next my lunch order and pick right? up. Right. So there, there's such a limited effect of what a training organization can do when we're the last stop before the ultimate training consumer. Um, getting a seat at the table with with leadership and being involved with product or systems or marketing on the front end, so that we have some insight into what's coming down the pike. We can work in development together and form a partnership with everybody who goes into that particular product, that particular training initiative. Right. It's and, more of the strategy and less of the tactic. Exactly. And uh, to the point I made about some people uh, are grown up in the industry and they understand how right. the, the systems work, they can ask questions uh, about the functionality that the end user is going to want to know. Uh, that maybe someone in another department might not. They know how uh, a particular learner may take a question, the types of questions that they will get in a class. And so they'll ask questions that are pertinent to the learning audience that will make that training more robust. And it will give product owners and leadership teams more to think about in terms of the information that they provide. And it becomes much more of a collaborative experience when training is involved on the front end as a partner at the table as opposed to, you know, the, the drive around, pick up your training at the next window standpoint. So the data suggests that leadership training is a lot more effective in some organizations than others. When leadership training comes off the rails, why? What are some of the key reasons that it just doesn't generate the result it's, it's supposed to supposed to produce? In my experience, it's the commitment level from the top. So if a CEO or senior vice president does not believe or have a stake in the ground or a an expectation for their leaders or the rest of the organization to fully commit to a particular program, it will most certainly go off the rails. If, if there's not support from the top and there is no um, perceived benefit from the training, you know, a lot of times training is sometimes seen as the necessary evil. I have to do this so I know how to do that. But if if leadership gets behind and tells the story of why this is important, how this will affect our business and how you knowing this information as the frontline person or whatever individual you are in the organization, you knowing this information is going to improve our business by X. If they can communicate that message, it gets a lot more buy in. Uh, when the senior leaders are able to voice that message and then also demonstrate their commitment to training by attending the training and having uh, a say-so in the training as well. And modeling that, that behavior, that's, a, that's important because I want to I see that person. It's one thing to get the memo, and it's certainly great to have them involved in the training process, but also if I see that individual you know, where the audio matches the video, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and some of the things I've done over the years to, to get that uh, senior leader buy-in is, is just communicating with them as a partner. Um, I had one senior vice president that I reported to at the time, and it took finding out what really meant the difference to her. And I figured out numbers meant a lot for her. She was managing our call center, mm -hmm. our operations, which included training at the time. And she was a real math person. So I figured out if I could show numbers uh, that showed the value of what we were doing in training, the number of people trained, the number of people that we were able to 
retain that that passed our certifications, the number of people that were promoted, or the um, the perceived benefit. You know, if there was some sort of measurable impact to training, if sales went up by X percent, or if some certain behavior changed that affected uh, customer satisfaction, if I was able to show that, she was all in. And so once I was able to find those things that made a difference and had a number, she was all in, very supportive, and would pretty much give us what we needed and also hold her her senior managers accountable for not only themselves getting trained, but their people getting trained. So she, by showing her, finding out what she wanted and what meant a lot to her, it allowed us to leverage her leadership and her buy-in to get what we needed, which was having the leaders support the training so they could coach to the training that we presented to their front line. Now, how do you manage the expectations of the leaders to, you know, what you can and can't do as training? We ask a lot of questions. Um, part of the the process for us is we do, after a request comes in, we ask a lot of questions about what is it that you expect this training to do? And we try to set realistic expectations because if they come to us and say, well, we want sales to increase, great. That's going to help the business. How much do you want sales to increase? Are we looking at 3%? Are we looking at 30%? Um, what other support so you, is there beyond? If you have the answer to 30% through training, I think you can sign us up. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear him, they genuinely are consulting. That wasn't just a word he pulled out earlier. That You are consulting to these folks. Right, right. We, yeah. we try to find out what it is that's important. What is, what is it you want this training to accomplish? And then what is it we can do to, to get there? And if you know there was some magic way that training could produce a 30% increase in sales, the next question is, what other support are you planning aside from training? Um, my biggest message when I communicate to leaders when we're uh, having a conversation about the training that needs to happen is, what resources can you commit to us to coach, to reinforce, to follow up on the message? To right, it's a examine. two-way street. Exactly. They can't yeah. just make a request of you and you wave a magic wand. Right. Right. And in so many organizations, training is an event and not a process. Mm -hmm. And it's a standalone event that belongs to the training organization where that's not really true. You know, training is a resource. It should be a seat at the table. It should be viewed as a your own internal consulting firm that has their fingers on the pulse of the business that can help you improve your business if you leverage them correctly. And if you allow them to ask those questions and answer those questions truthfully and allow yourself and your leadership team to be involved in the process of developing training, it will go much smoother and it will also have a much better impact down the road. And when you have those kind of results and you are talking in those terms of being consultative, that's what earned you that seat at the table. Exactly. So that's what earned us in the situation I, I talked about earlier with the senior vice president is, you know, from then on, when I was able to prove by numbers uh, the effect of training, all of a sudden, we were involved in all of her meetings. Right. Um, we had just as much voice, and we had just as much weight and clout as some of the other senior directors did, and we were looked to as a resource. So because a senior leader gave us validity and that stamp of approval, all of a sudden, training was golden. And then we were able to, once we had that notoriety and were able to prove that, we were asked to do more and more things beyond just the scope of training. So how can you help us improve our 
you know, whatever this issue is, we're noticing this. Um, one of the interesting things about that role is when people don't understand all that training can do and they see a lack of behavior or a, a lack of performance, the answer is always, well, they need more training. And that was the biggest thing I heard in that particular organization, which is not with my current organization, just to clarify. <laughs> um, the, the answer is not always training. So when they saw us more as a, a consultative partner um, and we were willing to listen to something that had more to do with coaching than training and they listened to us and we could explain to them, we don't feel that you, your team needs training. You know, we can show by the numbers that this is only happening in this percent of the time, but we recognize that you do have a need. Here are some things that we could help you do, or here are some things that we suggest you do. If, if they saw us collaborating on issues that didn't involve building a classroom training or an e-learning module or shooting a video uh, that would be the traditional means for putting a Band-Aid over what that issue was, but saw us truly trying to get in there and help their individual need, all of a sudden we're a partner and we're a consultant as opposed to this department that you go to just as much as you would the first aid department when you need a Band-Aid. Well, before we wrap, let's talk about responsibilities of the learner. We've talked about the leadership. We've talked about the, the training and development. But uh, this, I think, Lee used the term two-way street. I think it is a two-way street, but I think maybe all the way through to the learner. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. It's Learning is the biggest part of what anyone is going to do on their job, whether they realize it or not. Um, I think your average employee would think, when they start with a company for a job, if, if it's something at an entry level job where they may not have a whole lot of knowledge, there's an expectation that they'll be trained to do that job and then they'll be fine. And there's an expectation that if expectations increase or they get a new job, that they will be trained for that particular job. But really, more so than an event or more so as a, a bookmark or a threshold for getting a job or going beyond and, and improving or getting it promoted into a job, the responsibility I see for employees is have a knowledge or have just the conviction that learning happens every day. It may, you may not necessarily learn a skill that's going to help you perform your job faster, better, or stronger, but you're going to learn a skill if you keep your eyes open that's going to help you be of more value to the organization um, by doing your job, doing it well, listening to opportunities, looking outside your industry and being familiar with who the competitors are and not staying in the silo of just your own business. It would be very easy to just see what's going on within the four walls of where you work. Um, but if you're aware of what your competitors are doing, if you're aware in the media and do your due diligence to, to see what else is out there, it should promote some learning and some intellectual curiosity within the employee to try to get better and try to, to make a difference in the work that they do. And in today's world where um, everything is changing so rapidly, you're really relying on that employee at any level to be a good listener and to kind of transfer some of the knowledge that they're getting, whether they realize it or not, up the ladder a little bit, right? So you can make more informed decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, um, I'm a big proponent of collaborative leadership. I've told my team, you know, I'm not above getting your feedback. You know, I happen in the org chart to be responsible for you as your leader, but I need your feedback. You have knowledge I don't have, and I'm gonna, I need to learn from you just as much as you right. need to learn from me. Because how can you make the appropriate decision if you not, don't know what's happening 
Right. Exactly. I'm, I would just be shooting from the hip all right. the time. You certainly strike me as a life learner. Yeah, you'd have to be to stay on top of all of this. What personal disciplines, if any, do you try to exercise to to kind of stay on that cutting and not bleeding edge? Are you are you out there reading stuff, talking to to people? Absolutely. Um, one of the books I'm reading right now is called Strengths Based Learning, and there is a um, there's a program called Strengths Finder that we use. Um, it's a national program, and it's one of these programs where you you take an online test and through a series of of how you answer questions it comes up with what your top 5 or your top 10 strengths are based on these capabilities and there's no right or wrong answer there's no it just says this is who you are based on the questions of how you've you've answered them and it allows you to tailor to your your leadership to the strengths that you have um some of them can be bucketed into strengths that are more analytical, some that are more social, some that are more collaborative. And if you go with your strengths and lead with your strengths and also doing it in a group environment where the whole group has gone through this exercise together and you can see whose strengths are what and who's it, and there's no weaknesses about it, um, it allows you to play to individual person's strengths and what they do best and get the right person on the right task. Um, so that to me was, was very enlightening and learning, you know, anytime you learn something about yourself or anytime you teach yeah. someone about themselves, it's fascinating because, you know, you are your own favorite subject anyway. <laughs> so if you're able to learn something about yourself and how you come across or how you, you lead, it's, uh, it's already piqued an interest inside you because it's about you. And, uh, sometimes you, everybody who's been through our program looks at it and says, yep, that's me. <laughs> That's exactly how I am. And it validates how you are. But then the uh, the book goes on to say, now that you are, this is your strength. Um, here are ways that you can capitalize on that. And here are some ways that you can work on some of the things that may not be your core strength. So what was your core strength? My core strength had to do with solving problems, uh, being able to figure out a new way of, of, mm -hmm. of doing things, which to me is uh, I, I'm not a big fan of puzzles, but um, it's kind of like if you found a kid who really likes puzzles, uh, being able to look at a business or look at a business problem and try to find a solution and make it more efficient or make something run better or produce a better result, I'm happy all day long. Well, that's a perfect example, though, of your commitment to to feeding your mind and 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 staying sharp and, and staying fresh. And that's something we all should probably take responsibility responsibility for and i do believe that you're collaborative as a matter of fact you know we've uh david we've interviewed a lot of folks in this arena mm -hmm. over the last i don't know two or three years i guess and you as a group you guys are pretty collaborative you 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 reach out and help each other quite quite a bit um in that spirit if uh if you would let's leave our listeners with a way to connect with you or your organization if they want to learn more whatever you feel like is appropriate, you know, LinkedIn or website or whatever you think would be the best way for them to reach out and connect. Sure. I'm on LinkedIn at Tim A. Kinsey. Um, I'm searchable uh, through Verizon Telematics. I'd be glad to connect with anyone else in the learning profession or knowledge management or performance management, that type of thing. Uh, VerizonTelematics.com tells the story of telematics and how it's grown from uh, a small industry 10 years ago to something that's uh, on the cusp of, of growing really huge in, in, a, in a very global uh, arena. 
Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio this afternoon, and I can't wait for Lee to take that strengths finder thing. I have a pretty good feel for what they already has plenty, as does our producer, but this has been a blast. Thank you so much for investing the time with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure as well. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our producer, Ryan Redhawk McPherson, our good buddies over at Training Pros, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. Although we stop, stop, stop.